0: The Total Financial Hour, featuring Eric Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Eric Halaby has your answer.
1: All right, folks, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being with us this lovely morning. You're listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM 870 The Answer. I'm Eric Hallaby, your host. Hopefully, we're going to get into some things today that uh, actually pertain to you because we are talking about folks that have already made the, the financial number, their magic number, if you will, uh, the amount that they need to retire. Listen, for a lot of you, when you are Are running a race let's think about this right back when we were kids and we were running a race you get to the finish line you say hey we're gonna run to the end of the light pole or we're gonna run to the uh, the black car at the back and and you have a race on the street or or if you're in high school of course there's a white line or a red line or a tape when you get to the finish line what do you do you stop running you slow down you warm up a little bit uh, or warm down I should say and, and you walk around and while you're doing that there's a reason for that the reason for that is so that you can say hey listen, the race is over, I've given my best effort, now it's time to take a break a little bit, maybe even relax, maybe even stop altogether depending on what kind of race you were running. Is retirement any different? I don't think so, at least in these aspects. Consider this, many of you, especially this last year, whether it be in real estate, whether it be in the stock market, maybe it was in a business deal or a merger or or a stock buyout or something like that, maybe... You were the person who was supposed to reach that race, and when you did, you said, "When I have two million dollars, one million, 500,000, five million whatever your number is, you said, "Once I reach that number, what do I do? I didn't expect to reach it for three more years." Well, here's the problem: Half of the retirees today, the recent poll, now face retirement account balances that are at all-time highs, and the percentage of Americans that are projected to be able to maintain their standard of living in retirement is now up to 50%. We were concerned about that for a long time. But a lot of you think it's a smart idea, as I do, to sell your real estate or your stocks and bonds when you feel like they've reached the number that you need. Listen, that is a personal decision, but don't expect your broker to ever tell you when to sell. You understand that's not their job. You might say, well, my broker's great. He meets with me once a year, twice a year. He's great. I get a birthday card. I get a little flowers. Listen, your broker's job is to not get you out of the stock market. It's not even to make you money. Those things might happen, but that's not their job. Their job is to keep your money. Now, why do I say it that way? Because it, you, the way you define a job is when somebody gets paid to do something. So if your money is safe, if your money's out of the stock market, sitting in money markets or CDs or savings accounts or annuities, something that's in a fixed, right, where there's no risk, if your money's out of risk, your broker doesn't get paid. Surprise. If your money is at risk, in other words, if you have a chance of losing what you've earned or worse, losing what you've worked for 5, 10, 20 years ago, that's the only chance your broker has to make make a, a living. So when I say their job isn't to make you money, maybe he or she, they want to make you money, right? Like, uh, listen, I want to be better looking every day. It doesn't always happen, right? Sometimes there's just some of those mornings. But just because you want something or your broker wants something and you're one of uh, 200, 5,000, whatever brokerage clients or or, uh, financial clients he or she has... It doesn't make you important because he feels like or she feels like they want to help you. The market is what it is. You, you can't decide something in the stock market is different simply because of what you or he or she wants. All right? Very important you understand that because sometimes people confuse that. Uh, listen, the more mature you are and the older we are, you get those things. You have that gut feeling. When I started saving and investing, I, I was 18 years old. At 25, I had about $150,000 saved. Thought I was the smartest guy I knew. That's the problem, by the way. In addition to that, you know, I I had been married uh, two years at that time, about two years. My wife was 23. We sit down. She inherited some money, and I said, oh, honey, let me put it where where I think it should go. And she said, you know, that individual, that person says a lot of really nice things, but Arif, I just don't trust him. And I said, "Oh, sweetie, do you know who I am? Oh, look at what I've done! Oh, yeah, you don't know. I think we should invest it here." She says, "You know, I just have this—I just have this feeling." Now, when you're a 25-year-old young man who's had some success, you think you are smart, and you think you must be smart in everything. Well, here's the challenge: not only was she correct that this guy was a, a crook, but we ended up—I ended up losing nearly all of it because these three scum. Uh, um, what, uh, financial people took our money. They scammed me out of 150, nearly $150,000. So you've got to ask yourself if that can happen to somebody who's quote smart. So what did I do? Well, by the time I was 26, I realized the money was, I said, I'm going to go back to school. I got to figure this out. At least for me and my family, if not for, for others. And I found out, uh, number one, I was good at it and I cared and I'm an advocate. Uh, for clients, at least for the truth, at the end, if if you see an account and you say, you know what, I'm okay with that, then wonderful. Now you know. But most of the time, when you sit down with somebody like me, you're never going to know the the rest of the story because your broker's not going to tell you. How do I know that? I don't even have to be in your the meetings with you and your broker. I know this. I sit down and you say, oh, I'm Arif. I'm getting six percent interest, and I pay forty five dollars a year. Not true. Oh, I know, Arif, but you don't understand. You know, my broker's a great guy. He's my cousin's mother's brother, f- cousin's third, twice removed. A great person, man. He is amazing. I say, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Not true. You say, Arif, my broker said I'm getting 7% guaranteed return, and it protects it if the market goes down. I said, well, what, what is it? It's a variable annuity. I said, not true. The word variable means that it can go up and down. By definition, it is not protected if the market goes down. You could lose some or even all of your principal. Now, most of the time, you don't lose all of it. You might lose half or something, but that's a lot of money. When you're 50, 60, 70 years old, who's going to go back to work and try to make up those those dollars? So if we are at all-time highs, if you're even close to retiring, I'd say close meaning five years. If you're within five years or so of retiring, you need to ask yourself, Where is the finish line? And if you have reached that finish line, if you are there, then by all means, stop running. Now, I don't want you to stop completely. You're still going to walk. You're still going to cool down. You're still going to keep moving. But the risk that you need is no longer required. You don't need that kind of risk. You've reached it. It's over. Back off some of the craziness, because for a lot of you, you took big chances. And whether on accident or on purpose... Look, most of you, it's an accident. You made the money. You made it. You took a chance. Everybody said, don't buy Bank of America at $4 a share. And you did. And surprise. Look, the truth is never bet against Warren Buffett. You guys ready for a secret? President Obama took Warren Buffett and said, I need you to review the banking system and tell me which banks to keep and which banks to get rid of. That's when we lost Washington Mutual and Mac and on and on. And he went through, and he said We're gonna, we should keep Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, amongst others. And B of A, I think, was 2 or $3 a share. So before he presented, now when I say him, he's not in this you know, basement at 2 in the morning doing this stuff. He had a team of people. But when he presented it to President Obama, before he did that, you understand that he went out and purchased massive amounts of shares of each of those companies that he said to keep, and when virtually overnight, countrywide and Lehman Brothers and on and on, were gone. Now, Lehman Brothers was before. I understand. Don't 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 start writing the hate mail. But through this process of President Obama being the "I'm going to fix it" guy, Warren Buffett came in, and I, I get it. He, he might, you know, have a halo and ride a white horse with a with a baseball cap on, maybe instead of a. A cowboy hat. I get it. But realize something, folks. He's not a saint. He's not an angel. He's a businessman. Sometimes those things can exist together. But when he went out and purchased shares of B of A stock, etc., for pennies on the dollar to what he thought it was worth and then presented it to President Obama and said, hey, here's the ones that we should keep. Surprise. Whatever the price per share is. Listen, I'm not a stockbroker, so I'm not going to give you stock advice. I, in fact, I think that today, today, the information that you can get on your own is probably just as good, if not better, than when I used to be a guy who would buy and sell security stuff. That, look, you can do it today. That's fine. But just don't think, just don't think that you can outsmart a guy like Warren Buffett who knows behind the scenes what the policy is, what the long-term play is, or some of these other folks. Now, you might say, but Eric, my broker is a good guy. I have Target Fund 2025 or something. Listen, those are all cute. Those are nice. It's like a package with a bow on it. But be very careful if you're going to trust everything, a big part, a, a huge percentage of your life savings, because a big part of your financial life Is knowing when to say when knowing when to quit the risk that a lot of people take and not because they didn't have success listen I think this is a pretty good example although my wife doesn't always laugh at it or she doesn't think it's the same of course but I do so so bear with me here it's two o'clock in the morning and you're on the five freeway you're on one side of the freeway maybe it's four o'clock in the morning, just before, you know, the sun is up. You close your eyes and you run across the freeway. Now that's darn risky, isn't it? You didn't get hit and you made it to the other side. Was it a smart thing to do? So you never judge how smart something is based on the result. You have to understand yourself. Right, how many of you wore your seatbelt yesterday? Raise your hand. Yeah, keep one hand on the steering wheel. You wore your seat. You went somewhere in the last day, maybe two, three days, whenever you got in the car and drove and you wore your seatbelt. But did you get in an accident that day? How about the next day? So you still had some protections in place, even though you didn't get in an accident, meaning you still didn't run across the freeway at two in the morning, even though you may not get hit. So be careful because I don't want you to be somebody who makes a, a poor decision just because of the results. You think, oh, well, I got lucky that time. Well, Russian roulette has what, six, maybe eight, depending on the on the chambers? Just because it didn't happen this time, your chances are pretty good that the next six months, the next one month, year, I don't know when the market's going to correct. Right, And correct is a Wall Street term. You understand they never lose. To correct... Means they make more money. In, in fact, there was a, an interesting broker that I had spoken to at one time who said, Arif, when the market goes up, we'll make some interest. That's great. But you understand that we make more money when the market goes down. I said, well, that doesn't seem right. How, how's that work? He says, well, because we understand what we're doing and they are gambling. I said, wow, that's, that's pretty harsh. You see, while no one's going to throw a pity party because you've made massive amounts of money, there's still a growing problem that half of you are facing. And here's what it is. Your balances are at all time high. Cost of living rises about 2%, 3% per year. Maybe it'll go higher. I'm not sure. Depending on where you live. If you move to outside of California, which a, a lot of folks are doing. Hey, hey guys, this week I met with 12 people. Remember what what is my story? One out of three. I met with 12 people. This week, 10 of them are considering and seriously considering moving outside of California. 10 out of 12, right? For those that, you know, reduce down to the, that's oh, 10, 5 out of 6, 5 sixth. For you math majors, we call that a lot. Okay. That's a lot of folks. So what states, this is what I'm finding. This is not my bias this is what I'm finding. A few of them are going to Idaho. I don't know, surprisingly. Utah. One to Washington. <clears throat> the Port Angeles area, to be exact. Another, uh, a couple, uh, two two or three of them are going to Texas. And the rest are pretty much considering Arizona. Scottsdale, Phoenix, uh, and uh, one or two are going up to Prescott, Arizona. So they're not moving too far away. They can still jump on a plane at 8 o'clock in the morning and have uh, brunch, if you will, with their grandchildren in Los Angeles. They pay a $1 dollar to a dollar fifty less per gallon of gas. So there is a way to reverse the cost of living that you're used to, and that is by reducing or eliminating some of the fees and taxes. We're nine and a half percent sales tax. Now you might say, well, hey, that's like Washington State. Yeah, but Washington State doesn't have an income tax. Oh, Arif, you know we are one and a half or so percent say uh, uh, property tax. When you add high property values, the dollar is what you pay. You do not pay percentages at the grocery store. So stop playing the game that politicians and brokers use, which is they play this game with percentages. We've got to be smarter than that. At the end of their, well, it's only 1.2% and fees are 0.95. Like, oh, 0.9, that's pretty good. Oh, No, no, no. Uh, mr. And mrs. broker what are my fees dollars I, I spend dollars I save dollars I make dollars what do I what's my costs for this and when it comes to saving the money or property tax if property tax in Texas is two and a half percent yeah but they don't have income tax right so ask yourself Oregon doesn't have sales tax so Oregon has income why does California have everything <laughs> Everything, high income tax, high sales tax, high property tax. Ask Kevin DeLeon. Ask Henry Stern, state senator. Ask these far left progressive. I don't mean even liberal anymore. Listen to Dennis. Dennis Prager will tell you, liberal is uh, John Kennedy would not even be close to welcome in the Democrat Party anymore. Why? Because his ideas was less government, more power to the individual, higher freedoms. That's kind of like the Republican Party these days, folks. The far right of the Republican Party has all but disappeared. The liberal wing of the Democrat Party are now basically lined up with conservatives, minus a social value or two. But listen, you can't win everything, so you pick one or two or three. And when you you walk through this, ask yourself, if, if Kevin DeLeon, if some of these folks in the state government, Kamala Harris was one of them. Now she's a fed, but who knows what she wants to do this year. She's going to run again for something else. She wants to be president. Don't surprise. Ooh, surprise. A politician, a liberal politician wants to be president after she messed up the state of California. So the point is, you guys, these are the same folks that are running the state every time somebody talks about hey you guys you're chasing away folks that are earning money you're chasing away folks that are spending money like you know what you want is what Florida wants give me all of your retirees you don't take a job but you spend your money right that's what that's what Florida wants Arkansas does the same thing you realize Alabama Arkansas Alabama is one of the ready for this my My elitist socialist leftist friends that are arrogant enough with your language to think that somebody with an accent from the South must be uneducated. Alabama has some of the fastest growing business, pro-business climate, period. Arkansas, the same thing. Mississippi, remember Backwoods, Mississippi? No, one of the best. California better wake up because yes we have good weather but people can vacation here it's not a prison you can leave you can come back it's only a prison if you employ people and they they try to lock you into this little bucket here here's what I need you to do you have to start planning smartly when I say starts planning smartly I mean this with market highs being at all-time high what is the number? What is the percentage? What is the dollar figure that you need to have in your account to achieve the growth, to achieve a good lifestyle? And by all means, when you finish the race, stop running. Because if an athlete doesn't take a break at the end of the race, they burn out, don't they? And eventually, they may have won the race, but before they can even collect the medal, they collapse. Because they've given the same effort after they've achieved their objective as they did before they achieved their objective. A lot of you are following us on Facebook. Let me give you the phone number as well because you you're can. you welcome to call in. If you have a question or a concern or, hey, Arif, is $280,000 enough to retire? You know what? You're going to get my same answer all the time. I'm going to ask you some questions afterwards. But the same answer is always, it depends. Because here's the phone number that you can call already, oh, 888-99-RETIRE, that's 888-997-3847, uh, get that right, 997-3847, I'm Arif Halliby, Total Financial Solutions, Safer Money Hours, we continue, I'm going to give you this, ready, if you are looking at a reduction in risk, consider the rule of 100, what is the rule of 100? The rule of 100 is simple. It says, take your age minus 100. The difference, that's the risk that you should have. So as you get closer to retirement, less and less risk. So follow me on this because this is important. When you're working, your food, shelter, clothing, your expenses, they come from your job. So your retirement accounts can go up and down. I'm okay with that. You're 30 years old. Fine. You got 25, 35, 40 years before you retire. Imagine if you were working, you're 30 years old, you just started a family and, or maybe you bought a house and your boss comes to you and says, all right, kids, all right, folks, all right, sir, this month your pay is going to be 22% less. You go, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the next month he says, hey, good news, folks, we're going to make a 5% raise. You go, oh, you're never going to complain about that. And the next month he says, oh, by the way, you're gonna have a thousand dollars less on your paycheck so but right but that's what happens to your retirement accounts your retirements can go up and down quite a bit when you retire but you're not counting on them to live on but as you transition right remember my rule of 100 As you're getting closer to retirement more of your money comes from your retirement accounts in order to sustain your living so you can't have a huge decrease or or in some cases any decrease in your retirement accounts in order to survive because if you do if that happens then what do you do with your property tax or your electric bill or your health insurance or your medications what do you do if you still have a house payment your car insurance the gasoline you you get it when you're retired these things are real and the goal is to not be somebody who walks along and lives from hair appointment to doctor appointment back to hair appointment. And by the way, I got to stop at the pharmacy at Tuesday, on Tuesday, right? It's to have a better life. There's a, a great speaker. His name is Tom Hanya. I like Tom a lot. In fact, I had him on one of my radio shows a couple years ago. Uh, he's, wrote, he's written a few books. Uh, one of them is Paychecks and Playchecks. Paychecks. That pays your food, shelter, clothing. For a lot of you, that's pension money, social security money. It's going to be uh, rental property money. Okay, I get it. Nice. But the play checks that keeps you from going from doctor appointment to hair appointment and and that's the highlight of your life, you want to have, especially when you're young, right? I say the first 10 years. You retire that first 10 years, that's the youngest and healthiest you're going to ever be your knees, your back, that's probably the time that you need to get out and go do something. And if you're worried about on the back end spending too much money that you won't have enough by the time you're ready to, to not be able to work a whole lot or, any, or anymore, yeah, what do you do? I don't know. You got to figure something out. And I think that means that, oh, by the way, don't forget that your passion can still be addressed when you're retired. And you're going to need money for that, right? it's not something that you can just walk around and say, you know, folks, uh, I have $8 left in my checking account until next Friday. What kind of life is that? And if you think when you retired, you had enough money, but you kept running the race, you kept your money in the market, you kept the kind of risk that is not acceptable for you or your portfolio. And i never say put everything in any one place that'd be foolish but what i am saying is take what you have take some of it set it aside half a third two thirds i don't know and say this is my for sure money i can still run the race i can still practice over here but i'm going to protect some of it and that's what safer money is all about it's about taking a portion of your money now there's there's different accounts when we come back i'll get into the different accounts why there are some good ones and not so good ones, why some are a little riskier in the sense that they may call themselves a safer money account, but they might have fees that are unacceptable. They might have risk that's unacceptable, and you need to know that. When we say be realistic, think of this. Reducing your equity exposure after a significant run-up in the stock market, seeing the Dow Jones Industrial Average above 26,000, that, that is a a... a I don't know, a message, a flag for you to go out and say, hey, guys, maybe we should just maybe start reducing that risk. We're going we're gonna to come back in just a second. Give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 888-997-3847. You're listening to me, Araf Hallaby on the Total Financial Solutions, the Total Financial Hour, AM 870, The Answer. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the show, The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halliby. You're listening to AM 870, The Answer. Hey, listen, I know a few of you guys are, are calling in. Uh, hang on the line just a little bit. We'll, we'll get to you. Uh, love to talk with you and, and hear your thoughts. Uh, we're talking about running the race, the financial race. Total Financial Solutions, uh, I guess in, I don't know, probably 21 and a half years, maybe? June of 96. So what is that? 21 and a half years coming up. Uh, our goal was to sit and, and to say how do we protect that was the first thing How do I protect and keep you from being ripped off like I was because that was a big deal to me it? It set me back, but here's an interesting thing. You know when my wife's instinct said We shouldn't be investing there. I don't like the guy and I said oh, we're gonna do it anyway because you know you're when you're a, a, a fairly arrogant 25 year old who or at least confident maybe arrogant that depending on who you were how you knew me You would say well look Why didn't you listen to her today? And here's what she said. This is kind of important. When I made that mistake, just to give you an idea of who I married, when I made that mistake, I didn't listen to her. She never said, I told you so. She never yelled at me. She didn't throw a shoe. All right. When you're from the Middle East, that you get, you know what I mean? (laughs) What she did say is, well, it's a good thing that it happened when we're young. We have time to recover. Now, that immediately told me that a 23-year-old, me, when I married my wife, when she married me, and although it had been two years, that I had, it had confirmed I had made the right choice. Because I asked her, I said, well, why aren't you mad and why don't you, you call me a name or you know, throw something at me? And she said, Arif, we're on the same team. Why would I want to beat up my own teammate? We'll figure it out. It happened when we're young. Now, I thought that's brilliant. But you understand, you can't say the same thing if you're 60 years old, 65, and you get taken and lose nearly all of your money. You can't say, well, at least it happened when we're young. At least we have time. Those are some pretty scary things to go through in your mind. So protecting some of it is very important. Now, you might think protecting it and saving it in a CD or savings account is the same. Well, maybe on the protection side, but not on the rate of return. I can tell you, in some of the accounts that we worked with, we, got, we received rate of returns, or our clients received rate of returns, uh, 15s and 20s, and even one that had 25%, I looked at yes, uh, uh, Friday. That's insane to me, by the way. Don't expect it. Expect 0 to 12. That's the average. Return is going to be 3 to 6. That's about what we get. 3 to 6 over time. 4, 5, 6. Got it. Some years might be 10. Some, this was very rare. Client earned 25 and I told her, listen, don't expect that to happen again. You see, all of you are greedy when things are good. Listen, I don't know. who was it? Uh, Mr. Douglas? Greed is good. Everybody is greedy when times are good. Everybody, oh, I can take chances. We're brave. We're brave when things are going well. When you think you're the smartest person in the room. You think when you've made two or three good decisions, ugh, ran across the freeway and didn't get hit. Right? How brave are you when you stand out in front, you wear your seatbelt all day long and you didn't get in an accident. So tomorrow, you don't wear your seatbelt. You go to the grocery store. You come back and you go, see that? See how awesome I was? See how courageous I didn't get in a car accident. It's the same thing. The results don't dictate the quality of the decision. Sometimes chance. Sometimes luck. Sometimes fate. So don't think the decision that you make, based on the results, right? Don't think that they have anything, they might have something to do with each other, but don't, don't plan on it. Because here's what I need you to do. When the market drops 20 to 50%, and it will, we normally have about 100, uh, sorry, we normally have uh, 55 months up in the market, and about 10 months, plus or minus, about 10 months sideways or down. So 55 months up, 10 months sideways. Okay, there's a little bit of a rhythm. We are now at 103, 105, I think. 105 months straight up. No, okay, love it. Some of it is President Obama. Some of it is President Trump. If you think Apple was going to repatriate dollars back to this country under if it were a Hillary Clinton uh, administration, you've got another thing coming. If you think there was any chance of this level of success had Hillary Clinton been elected or if President Obama was still in office, you would be mistaken. We saw what happened. We saw, folks, we saw the illegal, the arrogance. I was involved. In, I owned a business up in um, the Utah Basin up in Utah. And when President Obama was elected two weeks after that, he signed an executive order that was absolutely illegal. Everybody knew it. And he, he did the middle finger to, the, to us and the folks that lived in the region and said, tough luck, sue me. So people did. Two years plus to August, two years later, Supreme Court nearly unanimously said, you can't do that. He says, oh, you're right. I was wrong. Meanwhile, what happened? Bankrupted businesses. People lost homes. Companies relocated out of the, the southern Wyoming, northeastern, northwestern Colorado, um, northeastern Utah area. Gone. Put that region because, by the way, did you know they did not vote for him? Shock. Do you think it was a little bit of a punitive stick? Probably. Probably. Nobody knows his heart. But you need to understand, folks, that these people don't care about you or your finances. That's not their job. So if you had 10 rental properties or a business and you were in a region that the president's whim, which really was what it was, it was a, it was a bone to the environmentalist movement, and he, he decided with his pen to hurt multiple, multiple people, and he did, and he knew it was going to happen. Well, that's tough decisions that you make as a leader. Oh no, buddy that was illegal and you knew it people told you that I could tell you that and I haven't graduated law school so don't subject your retirement accounts to chance I don't know what's gonna happen God willing President Trump stays in for four years and if he continues down a conservative path for the next eight years altogether right we want that all of you want it I think hopefully I want him to stop tweeting some crazy stuff I'd appreciate that I'd appreciate you just staying focused and getting the job done he's doing a lot of things maybe your retirement accounts are gonna do well but if the race is over if you've made financially what you need to make maybe a little bit of cushion maybe you should start setting aside some of that money to safety consider this if you're running the race and the race is over be realistic because Two things happen. Number one is most people underestimate the amount of time that their life expectancy really is. Meaning, if you ask somebody who's 60 how long you're going to live, they'll tell you a number, and usually it's, under, it's underestimating it. It's incorrect. That means that you're going to need money longer. You get it? If you think, oh, I'm going to die at 72 and a half years old, and you're 50, you know. You know how many folks that are 75 come to me and say, I don't want to live past 95. My mother lived... To 92, and man, oh man, was she miserable the last couple of years. Okay, but if you would have asked her when she was 72, she would have said she didn't want to live past 92 either. But she lived to 95. So uh, I don't know. Unless you're Mr. Kavorkian's uh, fan club, usually you know you don't get to control that. So you need to have money. Imagine you're 78, 65, 83. And the market does a 20 or 50% correction. And your courageousness when it came to risk, your bravado when it came to picking the right market, stock picks of Bitcoin slash gold, let's buy and sell, all of the sudden the risk that you had, tolerance wise, mm, suddenly you're not that way. So you have to plan. And you have to plan to remember the rule of 100 it says take your age minus 100 the difference is the amount of risk now you might want to have if you're a bitcoin person wonderful go do it you want to speculate on swampland in florida man it worked out for disney maybe it'll work out for you i don't know but you do that with the extra amount not the not the 60 70 80 percent that you want to keep safe okay you want to play with that extra amount you go do that you play risk you could do that. All right. Here's another thing I want you to think about. With rising medical costs, we are finding that a majority of the money that retirees are spending out of their own account, okay, out of your own account. Because for a lot of folks, Social Security, rental property, pension income, that is paying for your paychecks. Remember that? Tom Haney's, uh term, paychecks and playchecks. It's paying for your food, shelter, clothing. So what I worry about is your food, shelter, clothing, I want that taken care of. If you have set aside enough money to make that happen, great. But we are finding a, a much larger percentage of money is spent in the last 5 or 10 years, depending on what survey you look at, the last 5 or 10 years of your life, and it's spent down the medical side. So when do you spend the least amount of money in retirement? Usually it's the middle 10. All right? All right. The first ten years of retirement, let's say sixty to seventy years old sixty five to seventy five that's travel that's the r v that's building your dream vacation home in lake Havasu right It's doing those things that's the first ten years of retirement. The middle ten years you don't go around very much you kind of it's mostly family bringing people to you. you might be going to see them staying in their home right It depends on the, your relationship with your daughter, your son. The last 10 years, now we're talking medical. You're 89 years old. You're probably not buying the latest, greatest, newest RV with pullouts and, and, uh, you know, a little mini garage in the back for your Mini Cooper. You're probably not doing that at at, at 89, but you probably are spending money on medical. And with the craziness, are you ready for this? Keep your—if you don't dislike some of the policies of President Obama before— Follow me for just a minute. Before his wonderful fix to health care, me and my family paid $870 a month for health insurance. $870, the $4,000 deductible. Guess what? Guess what? We just got back. Are you ready? $3,200 a month. Five people, same five people: mom, dad, three kids: boy, girl, boy. Nothing too dramatic. We didn't add a tribe we're not adopting a city and the deductible has risen 400 percent do you understand that 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 they will continually mess it up you either have to be really rich or really broke because we in the middle class folks you're getting hosed and if that's not a surprise you're gonna have to take care of yourself because I think the pension system if you're counting on that if you're receiving that I think you need to plan about 75 percent of that number Now, they may not reduce it, but when it inflates the currency, they will stop giving you pay raises. You have already seen that with some of your pensions. And the California rule has changed, which was the rule that said, if you are already working, if you're already a retiree, don't expect your pension to change. That will be overthrown. It has to be overthrown or the state will file bankruptcy. It will default. It has to. Folks, you can go back. I've done radio now for, I don't know, 15 years. You can go back to number one radio show. You can go back to me speaking in front of financial advisors at the end of 1996, 1997. And if there's a tape that exists, I will tell you this. The state of California is going backwards with pensions. And back then, I projected that they have to default or make big changes. There is no question if you are expecting a Calsters. CalPERS. Now, unless, here's a little asterisk, the Department of Water and Power, they have a pretty good pension. The problem is, there's a rule in there that allows the city of Los Angeles to go in and take money from DWP. When it does, what happens to the water and power budget? It drops. So, if you think the city of LA is not going to steal money from the uh, the Department of Water and Power, uh, utilize the reallocation of the fund, whatever, Folks, the city of L.A., you guys are crooked. You know it. Uh, right? How many of them are in prison, went to jail? Well, I know of one that actually was using drugs while he, uh, smoking, or uh, no, sorry, he was snorting cocaine. That's when I was a policeman. So we, we knew about that. Right? These are the same clowns that you put in, in charge. They're not going to manage the city budget and pension the right way. They can't. Some of, Most of them are broke. They spend more money than they make, virtually. And if you happen to be the one or two that comes out of multi-multi-millionaire, Tom Bradley, usually you're crooked. So, oh, surprise. You think they're going to manage your pension correctly? So I'm telling you, you have to plan and prepare. So what do I think is going to happen? I think they're not going to give you pay raises at least am not of any significance I think they can't afford they're gonna have to inflate the currency they're gonna have to tax the citizens and the employees at a much higher rate they're gonna have to have higher employee contributions which is a tax and they're gonna have to reduce the benefits now what percentage and how much of what I don't know but if your money is in the market and you have done well you have reached the goal that you have thought That you wanted whatever that magic number was and then you got a little bit of a cushion above it I would take a big percentage of my money and I'd say let's move over that to safety maybe it's 40% 50 60 I don't know say let's get it out of the market let's trust that eventually when the market collapses if you want to go back in go back in I don't. it's up to you but the goal is to keep some or part of your money safe that's what we do and I think we're a great firm we have eight employees, I love our staff, we have a wonderful place, we have offices around, you know, in Glendale and, and in Santa Clarita and Simi Valley and in the Antelope Valley, great, we have great offices, fine. But keep in mind, folks, that if you don't work with us, work with somebody who has a safer money approach without the feed income riders. There are guys like us, I call it sheeps and wolf clothing, or somebody who's got a lot of initials after their name and they look good, fine, but behind the scenes, they still put a fee on top of your, your account for income rider. You don't need those. Now, listen, I haven't met with you, so maybe you're the 1% that does need it, but folks, the folks that I find, let me tell you, most, I, I haven't seen one that, that needed it, but maybe there's somebody out there. So keep in mind, you've got to protect you and your family. Nobody else is going to care. Your friends, they love you, but they're not going to let you move into the spare bedroom. Right? Your kids, they love you, but do you really want to live with them? Right? People ask, Eric, what did you do for your mom? I said, I did put my mom in exactly the same place that I put you and my account. They said, oh, really? I said, yeah, listen, I love my mom more than anything, but she doesn't want to live with us and we don't. Listen, I, she can stay with me till the day she dies. I don't care. She's my mom. But you tell me, folks, what kind of freedom and independence you want? I don't think she doesn't want to live with us and, and we don't I, that's not the key. The key is this, freedom and independence. Cuz you know, ladies, you know, man, when you move in with your children, you lose some of that freedom and that privacy. Client just this week came to me. Said, "You know, my son and she'd been a client for 20 years. She said, my son lives with us, or lives with me now. I'm like, when did that happen? I thought he was married. She said, oh, yeah, he's been married twice. I said, oh, divorced. Yeah, he lives with me, and, and he had a shoulder surgery, and then another, he's expecting another shoulder to have operation. And I said, well, what kind of work he do do? It doesn't do anything. Does he, like, what does his day look like? Well, he just, you know plays video games, watches TV, stays up in his room. And I'm, and I'm forgetting, right? Because you understand when you see your friend's kids and they're six years old and you come back 20 years later, you still think they're six, right? You forget. So I think this guy was still a, a 20-something-year-old. I said, how old? how old is he again? She said, he's 51. I thought, you're kidding me, 51. And to him, normal is living with your mom. Now, I get it. If my kids need help, we're there for them. And I expect you to be the same. But I also expect you to understand that there's a, a level of responsibility that we all have. Right? It's, it's a two-way street. If my kids live with me, they better be saving in their retirement account. And I tell them, they better be working towards getting their first rental property. I love having my children around. But there's a difference between having to, have to, because you've made foolish mistakes... And wanting right now we all want to live together life's good my favorite person in the world happens to be in studio with us outside of my wife and my parents better than the dog not as good as my wife better than any other human being on this earth my oldest boy he helps out every every week on the show keep this in mind guys I want you to have independence choices right the United States is about choices freedoms, independence, it is not about uh, required. Do you know when when you were in China, up until just recently, you know, 10 years, 15 years, in China what used to happen is you would be a person who grew up in a region and your ID card would say that's the state, let's call it the state or the county, and you weren't allowed to leave. Now if you were going to go visit a sister or a brother who worked in Beijing and you lived in the far west of the country, you would have to get permission. You'd have to get a, basically a visa. You'd have to get a, a background check. You'd have to go through a series of things. So when I went to China to visit, all of the tourists and the touristy places that we went to, except for a few, percentage-wise, were, were all Chinese. And I asked the tour guide, and he shared this with me. He said, they don't even know their own country, because the government kept them in little regions with their identity, ID cards. And I thought to myself, wow, these are people that grew up under communism. That's all they ever knew. And the moment they had a chance for independence, for freedom, for choice, they chose to leave and explore. Now imagine you're stuck in a home that's paid off. Oh, my home's paid off. I can't afford to leave the the air conditioning on very long. I can't afford to buy a new car, even though mine sometimes works. That's not living. I want you to have the independence avoid losing your money in the market when it goes backwards protect some half percent, I don't know right you hear me say that because for every person it's different okay here's what we think I always talk about a multi-generational plan because when I say that what do I mean I mean that you were going to have money set aside for your retirement but isn't it nice to have money set aside for your children's future or grandchildren Some of you, your kids have grown old enough to where you don't like them as much as your grandchildren. (laughs) I know. I hope that day never comes. It isn't in my family. My parents love what my kids am, and and I think they love us. But we have established ourselves. Me and my three sisters, there's four of us, me and my three sisters, we've done it. We've, We've set our lives. So when you're a grandparent and you're 80 years old, you're less likely to think of your children as much as you might be more likely to think of your grandchildren. You might be inclined to want to leave something to them. If you are, if you're that kind of person, you have to think layers deep. That means having a trust. Whether it's a special needs trust, if you have a special needs child. We met with somebody this week who has a special needs child. And he said, my son will never leave, live uh, uh, you know, independently. And it's he and his wife and one child, that's it. And the child has special needs. So you have to have a trust. You need to don't go to a financial advisor. Some of these guys can do it. I'm a certified estate planner. Some of us out there write trusts. Don't do it. Go to an attorney, have an attorney do attorney work, a CPA do CPA work. Don't allow your, your CPA to do your retirement planning, let him do CPA or tax work.? Right? Each one of those should have a specialty and they have a job to do because you can be good at a lot of things but you need people that are great at being an attorney great at being a financial professional great at being a CPA when you can be around those people then you set yourself up in a way to not have to worry well did this person do it for my interest or for theirs are they really under updating uh, their knowledge on the the laws or are they not keep in mind folks if you are working on passing money to your children or your grandchildren, you can always use life insurance. You can use trusts. We'll cover that on another show in the future. But always realize that, that there's a place and time when you've made it, and if this latest run-up has taken you there, then by all means, stop running the race. You still need to walk. You still need to have some money in the market, but start putting some money safe. Thanks for listening to this hour of the program. My name is Arif Halaby, Total Financial Solutions Safer Money Hour at Total Financial Hour on AM 870, The Answer. Listen, you can give us a call at 888-997-3847. Said it right, 997-3847, 888-997-3847. Thanks for listening. Have a great day on AM 870, The Answer.
0: The Total Financial Hour, featuring Eric Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Eric Halaby has your answer.